listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast. To learn more about Northwest, including our gathering time, visit us at nwcbc.org. Today's speaker will be Pastor Stephen Yi. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church. What a blessing it is to be worshiping together today with all of you. Those of you here in our sanctuary, I'm glad that you're here. Those of you joining us on our live stream, welcome. We look forward to seeing you soon. Um, But I, I am thankful for today. I'm thankful for the cool weather. Summer is coming. We're thankful for that. (laughs) <laughs> it's going to be nice and warm, but I, I cherish the, the cool weather that we still have. Uh, let me ask you guys a question. How many parents do we have here today? You want to raise your hand? Anyone admit that you're a parent? Okay. All right. Great. Yes, I know all of your children. No. Uh, and they're great. They're lovely children. Um, but how would you feel? How would you feel... If you ask your child, and they're very capable of doing this task, you ask them to go take the garbage out of the kitchen garbage can and put it in the, uh, the garbage can outside. Fully capable, okay, no limitations. They're able to do this perfectly if they choose to. All right, how would you feel if you asked your child to do this task, take out the garbage, and they come back to you with a response like this? Well, mom or dad... Thank you for asking me to take out the garbage, but let me take a moment to pray about that first. (laughs) How would you feel? How would you feel if if after that they take a moment and they actually pray in front of you, (laughs) God, please help me to know whether to take out the garbage today. And how about after they they pray, they say this, well, mom or dad, uh, let me go and call, text my friends, and maybe we'll plan to meet at, at 7 p.m., and you can provide dinner for us so that we can meet and talk about taking out the trash. How would you feel? How would you feel if they then said, well, <laughs> Mom, let, let me just take, I need to study this. I need to flesh this out. Let me study about taking out the trash, and then I'll get back to you in a couple of weeks. Or how about this? And then they say, well, Dad, my heart is really not into taking out the trash right now, so I'm not going to do it. Now, of course, we laugh, right? We know this is ridiculous. If our child is fully capable and we ask them to do a certain thing, like take out the garbage, please, we expect them to do it, don't we? We expect them to obey. You know, (laughs) I think about obedience. I think about our journey with obedience and obeying Jesus Christ and obeying God and his word. And I I want us to understand that obedience is a journey because none of us have arrived, have we? None of us fully, 100% of the time, obey God and obey God's word. And we're on this journey. We're, We're day by day. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his Holy Spirit in us. As we put our faith, our trust in Jesus Christ and our Lord and Savior, we have his Holy Spirit in us that's changing us from the inside out, growing us, molding us to be more and more like him each and every day. I'm thankful for that. But when we think about obedience to God and obedience to God's word, 
I pray that we never rest, that we never become content in simply hearing God's word and not taking action. I pray that we will never grow comfortable with just hearing God's word and not acting on God's word. Because here's the thing, we, we don't want to ignore God. We don't want to ignore God even if it's challenging, right? And we don't want our children as parents, we don't want our children uh, to ignore us, right? Especially even if it's hard, even if it's difficult. But what we're talking about here is obeying God, obeying God's word. So when it's challenging, we need to remember we must obey God. Even when there's consequences, I pray that after this morning and looking at this passage in James, that we will be encouraged and emboldened to obey God. His word, right? If you think about it, God's word is more important than anything else in this world. God is more important than anyone in this world. And, and last week we studied James chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. And we looked at how faith, our faith, our trust in Jesus Christ, our trust in God helps us to persevere through trials and through temptations. And this morning, I want to invite you to turn into your bulletin. Look at, look at the outline there. We're going to open up your Bible to the book of James chapter 1. We're going to continue our study here in verses 19 through 25, where we're going to consider how we respond to the truth of God's word. And so would you open up your Bibles or follow along on the screen? Actually, I want to pray with us. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father God, we praise you because you are perfect. You are God Almighty. You're the creator of the heavens and the earth. There is no one like you. And God, I thank you so much for my friends that are here joining us this morning. I thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ my church family that's gathered here together today to worship you, and God, also to hear from you, to study your word. God, I thank you for what you are doing. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in and through us as, as your church body, as your hands and your feet. Thank you for the opportunities that are all around for us to proclaim and to share the good news of Jesus. God, I pray that you would continue to help us open our eyes to see you, God, to get to know you, to know your love, and to know the depth of your love. Help us, God, to know who you are and to know who we are now in you and in Jesus Christ. And I pray, God, that as we look at James chapter 1 today, God, that you would help us to recognize the importance of obedience. That obedience is not just sitting down and listening to the teaching of your word. But God, that obedience requires action. And God, I pray that you would help us to grow to obey you. God, thank you so much for your amazing grace. Thank you for your mercy today. Thank you, God, for this beautiful day, this beautiful weather. And I pray that as we hear from you today, I pray, God, that we would respond, that we would respond with our lives. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So, turn with me to James chapter 1, verses 19 through 25. And I want to read this section of scripture to you out loud as you follow along on the screen and in your bulletin. So James writes this. 
My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. As we consider, as you consider this journey that you are on in, in learning to obey and choosing to obey God and his word, I pray uh, that we would choose to respond to God's word, that we would choose to, to trust God and follow Jesus as we learn more of what he is teaching and, and what he commands us to do. And so as we're on this journey, it brings us to our first point. As we're on this journey of obedience, we must receive the word of God humbly. And you see this when you look at verses 19 through 21. Right, James, in, in verse 19, he says we are to be quick to listen. And basically, you know, when he starts off this section, he's saying, hurry up, guys. Hurry up. Come here and listen. Listen to this. James also tells us to be what? Slow to speak. And see, when we think about God's word, and when, I, I encourage you to think about what is your personal response and what is your personal perspective in regards to God's word and learning from it and growing in it and studying it. Because James is saying, hurry up, listen to this, guys. Quick, come here, listen. We must be slow to speak. We must humbly approach the word of God, not coming to God's word automatically with our defenses up, and just our preferences on, on, on the forefront of our minds. But when we come to God's word, we need to come humbly. We need to come submissively, ready to receive and to listen to God. With open eyes, open ears, open hands. Ready to receive what God has to share with us. Because when we come to God's word with pride, with defensiveness, with our own agenda... Oftentimes, that's what leads to anger and to resistance to the word of God. You see, oftentimes we approach God's word talking instead of listening, don't we? How many of you have ever gone to study God's word, whether it's on your electronic device or you're opening up uh, the Bible? And uh, you, 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 you're going to God's word, but in your mind or in your heart, you're thinking, okay, I really, God, this is what I want you to do. This is what I would like for you to do or what, what I would like for you to say in regards to my situation today. The truth is we often look to God's word to try to justify our own desires and our own preferences. But see, as people who trust in Jesus Christ and our Lord as our Lord, we must look to God's word with an open mind and open hands and an open heart, ready to receive it, but also ready to act in obedience to it. How many of you have ever been in a discussion or an argument where you believe that you're the, you're the one that's right 
And he, the whole time during that discussion, well, usually it's both people on both sides talking. They both believe that they're right. And all we're doing is just thinking about how, what I'm going to say to you next to, so that you can know that I'm right. This is why James is saying we need to be quick to listen and slow to speak. But how often are we tempted to loathe listening and, and be anxious to argue? We hear verses and we see verses in God's word like Luke chapter 12, verse 33. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. And whenever I study that, I'm tempted to think about, well, obviously he's not telling us, not telling me to go sell everything and, and, and go give to the poor. I'm automatically thinking about how can I get around God's word here? And yes, the, the command is not directly for everyone to sell everything and then just go live on the street and give everything you have to the poor. But it's about caring for the poor. It's about being willing to be used by God and then to actually take a step forward to help someone that is in need. But why is it that we're so tempted and so inclined to think about how we can sidestep what God is trying to tell us? And we can sidestep God's commands. Well, yeah, we're here. We're a church. We're Northwest. We're here to go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching everyone to obey all that Jesus has commanded. Well, <laughs> that's for those missionaries over there to go and share the gospel. Ah, I don't know. I'm not too comfortable sharing the gospel. So that's somebody else. You see, Trust and obedience have been a struggle all throughout history, haven't they? Trust and obedience have been a struggle for the church, for God's very own people. And we see when we study God's word, you look at the Old Testament. I know the adults, you guys, and everybody, actually, as we go through our Sunday Bible studies, we're looking at the nation of Israel and their relationship with God. And we see time after time their struggle with obedience, that instead of humbly listening to God and obeying his word, what did his very own people do oftentimes? They resisted him. They rebelled against it. And here in verse 19, James says to the people of God, to the church, my fellow brothers and sisters, James says, be quick to listen. And then in verse 21, he tells them to do what? Get rid of all moral filth and evil. And see, when you see this, this command here to get rid of it literally means to just to take it off and set it down, to put it aside, just as you would a jacket or a piece of clothing. Because the truth is this. Oftentimes, we bring so many ideas from the world uh, into our life with Jesus Christ. And oftentimes, we prioritize the wisdom of this world above God's word and above God's wisdom. But we need to understand this. Friends, brothers and sisters, we, got, we have to understand that God's ways are not the world's ways. Because God's ways are so much different, so much higher than the world's ways, so much higher than our ways. And what does James tell us? He says, put aside the sinful and selfish ideas of the world and come humbly to God's word. You see, when I read passages... Uh, like this in James, I, I read passages about the poor and how are we, we are to respond and, and how God has, has, has made us stewards of all that we have, all that he's given us. 
oftentimes I'm tempted with that thought. Well, God, how, this doesn't, how can I get around that so that I don't have to do that? But then when I, when I consider God's word, I consider my relationship with God. I consider this life that Jesus died to give me. I'm reminded that the goal is never to get around God's word, but our desire should be to obey his word and then go and live it out. You see, the second part of verse 21, it gives us really good news. As James tells us that God's word is planted in each one of us as followers of Jesus. And I want to point your attention to Jeremiah, to the Old Testament. Jeremiah chapter 31, to help us to understand and grasp what James is referring to when he talks about God's word planted in us. We all know Jeremiah, right? Jeremiah, the prophet, was speaking to a people who were not living up, not living out, not living in obedience to God's law. And in fact, right, we know the history. They couldn't. They could, there's no way they could live out God's law perfectly. But Jeremiah gives them this promise. And it's the promise of a new covenant. Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 33, I want to read it to you. You can follow along. The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them excuse me, by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. When you look at that, you see, according to Jeremiah's prophecy, God was going to do what with his law, with his word? He was going to write it on the hearts of his people. Or in other words, he was going to plant it as James is saying here. Look at Ezekiel. Think about Ezekiel, chapter 36. He says the same thing, just with this beautiful imagery. Ezekiel, chapter 36, verses 24 through 27. For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Look at what God has done. God put his law on our hearts and his spirit in our hearts. And the spirit of God through the word of God will move us. The Spirit of God, through the Word of God, will move us to action, will move us to obedience. You see, James is telling us that God planted His Word in us, in our hearts, and through God's Word, we have life. We have life in Jesus Christ. You think about it, just like the blood that flows to our hearts, so also we need the Word of God. You know, another way to think about it is, is eating, right? We need food to, to live. Now, I'll confess, I eat too much. But the truth is we all need food to live. 
So it is with the Word of God. Some of us are starving spiritually. When we all the while, every day, every moment of the day, we have this full buffet, this five-star buffet in front of us of God's Word, and yet we don't eat a single thing. Or some of us have settled for eating once a week. James is telling us that God has planted his word on us. And we need his word. And so I pray that God would help us today. It's, it's through the good news of Jesus Christ. It's through Jesus Christ alone that we are saved, right? And how will people be saved if they don't hear? How will people hear unless somebody shares it? And how will somebody share the word if they don't know the word of God? We need the word of God. It's a matter of life or death, isn't it? So as you choose to accept God's word humbly, as you choose to submit to it, we need to understand that this is part of the key to experience the abundance and the blessing of life with Jesus Christ. It's to know and obey his word. How many of us, how many of you long to receive God's word? Don't raise your hand. You don't have to raise your hand. If you do, that's so great. I praise Lord, because you, you know that God's word is a treasure. It's, it's far more valuable than gold or sil silver. It's far more valuable than your retirement account. God's word is a treasure. Jesus is the treasure, the ultimate treasure in this life. But see, when you understand that, you can see how James calls us then, right? If we're choosing all these other things or these things of the world uh, apart from Jesus, if we're not choosing Jesus, we need to recognize that we need to get rid of that. We need to get rid of the filth. We need to get rid of the evil. We need to get rid of the worldliness that is drawing our affections away from the word of God, the word of God that saves us. And we need to then choose to receive that word humbly and then think about intentionally how to live it out. Secondly, second point, on this journey of obedience, we need to remember the word constantly. We need to remember the word of God constantly. Every moment of the day, in every way, with every breath, I pray that the word of God is on your minds, is on your hearts, is on the tip of your tongues. James, verses 22 through 25, chapter 1, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. We need to remember the word of God constantly. And see, this point is closely intertwined with the response with the response of humility that you see in verses 19 through 21. But in, look at verse 25. Verse 25, right? James talks about the man who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom. I want to ask you this question. Do you set aside time to stop from the busyness of your day? Do you make time? Do you set aside? We can't make time, but do we set aside Time. Do you set aside time to look closely at God's word every day? 
Every single one of us, I pray. This is not a legalistic thing. This is not like God says, thou shalt spend an hour in Bible study every day. No, he doesn't say that. But I pray that every single one of us would prioritize and see the treasure and the benefit and the blessing of God's word that we would choose then to treasure it through getting into it and studying it just like you would for anything else that is valuable in your life. We love our family. We value our families. We want to spend time with our families every day, don't we? Most of us. What about God? What about God's word? What about our hobbies? I wish I could go bowling every day. I wish I could go fishing every day. I wish I could do this every day or that every day. Do we look at God's word in that same way? If not, I'm not here to make you feel guilty. I'm just here to encourage you to think about it, to allow God to search your heart and for you to think about it and to take that perspective and that thought captive. And let's think about it. Oh, I, you know what, Steve? I don't feel that way about God's word. And I'm, gonna hear, I'm here to tell you that I don't always feel like that about God's word every day, every moment of the day, that I can't just wait to go study it and read it. But here's the thing, when we can acknowledge that, and we can say, God, I want to treasure your word. Then let's go to God together. Let's pray about that. Let's make that a priority. How? Okay, God, yeah, I don't feel like I want to study your word right now, but, but let's see, how, what can I do and incorporate? What time can I set aside so that I can grow? God, you can grow in my heart this desire to know you more, this desire to get into your word, this, this value of your word. God, would you help me with yeah, David, would you help me? You know, I, got the, I want to grow in my love for God's word. Would you, would you just ask me next week how you're doing in, in your, your quiet times? Jenny, would you ask? Would you pray for me, Jenny? I want to know God's word more. And, and yeah, I don't always feel like I, I like God's word. And I, don't, I fall asleep sometimes reading it. Actually, almost every time. No, not every time. But Jenny, would you pray for me? May God help us. You see, we need to remember God's word constantly. Don't be content with a little word from God. Don't be content with just hearing God's word one time a week, okay? We need to start digging deep and diving deep into God's word. We need to drink deeply. You know, just like we talked about a couple weeks ago, you picture that tree, that mighty oak tree, or that mighty tree that, that's right by a stream of water, that's roots are deep, drinking deeply from that fresh water and thriving and bearing fruit. We should be like that too in regards to God's word. That as we drink deeply from God's word, we will thrive. As we drink deeply, we will absorb the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do so. And we will continue to do that. And we won't just be hearers of the word, of God's word, but we will be doers of God's word. Look at verses 23 and 24. James gives this contrast of the kind of man, well, of this man, right? And he makes this ridiculous analogy of a person who looks at their own face in the mirror and then immediately after they walk away from the mirror, they forget what they look like. Yes, I know I'm not saying sometimes we want to forget what we look like, but this is a ridiculous example. None of us forget what we look like, 
okay? Uh, un unless we have, you know, something is wrong, okay? But see, this should encourage us to consider how we obey God's word. You see, when we look again at the history of God's people, look, remember back to the book of Deuteronomy, and I want you to turn there in chapter 6. God gave his people his law, and this was actually the second time that, that he gave the law. And it's before they went into that promised land, that land that, that God had prepared and promised them uh, to take and, and to take hold of. So Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, and this contains one of the most important passages in Israel's history and it relates to remembering God's word. And so you look here, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And then if you flip forward, if you look forward a couple chapters later, in, in, in chapter 8, verses 10 through 18, we see God's warning. We see him warning his people not to forget what? His commands and his decrees. I want to read this to you because it's so important for today. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the, God, for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful desert, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the desert, something your fathers had never known to humble and to test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your forefathers, and it is today. Brothers and sisters, don't forget God's word. Let it take hold in your heart. Let it lodge in your heart and in your mind. And may you always have it before you and on your mind and on the tip of your tongue. You see, and we have to be honest with ourselves. What is it that we are actually doing to get to know God's word more? And really, the only way to get to know God's word more is to spend time with God in his word, studying it, listening to it, hearing it, being taught, but also memorizing it. Memorizing God's word is not just for little kids. Memorizing God's word is for us. It's for adults. It's for you and me. Uh, how about this question? What is it, what memories do you really hold on to and do you cherish today? 
What is it? What are the things also in just daily life that you really make an effort to remember? Because here's the truth about memory. We tend to commit to memory. We tend to memorize the things that we value the most. We tend to memorize the things that we value the most. And so I ask you, how is it that you value God's word? Because James is telling us, if all we do is listen to the word, when we come together for corporate worship, then we are like this fool in James chapter 1, verse 23 through 24. No, I'm not calling anybody a fool, but James is. And I've been that fool. So let me be the first to call myself a fool. We listen and we leave. And then by lunchtime or maybe dinner time, it's all gone. All right, Paul, what was the main point of last week's sermon? No, I'm just kidding. You don't have to answer that. <laughs> Parents, we need to have this conversation with our families, with our children. How is it that you're going to prioritize the word of God in your family, in your home? Brothers and sisters, how is it that you are going to prioritize God's word in your life? Church, this is something we need to encourage each other with. Share God's word with each other. Ask each other, hey, what has God been teaching you today? How has God been encouraging you this week? You see, a life lived in ignorance, a life lived in ignorance or rejection of God's word is really a life that leads to destruction and death. We must remember God's word constantly. And here's the last point. We need to obey the word wholeheartedly. We need to obey the word of God wholeheartedly. James chapter 1 verse 22. And this, we can look at this verse, this verse 22. I know we went backwards a little bit. But this verse is like the theme verse of the book of James. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Here's the thing about God's word. We have not really listened to God's word unless we have done God's work. We have not really listened to God's word unless we have taken action to live out his word. Because God's word, it always leads to some type of response, always leads to some type of action. And I'm not talking about, well, after we preach, and if you're going to be obedient to God's word, you've got to come up here to the front and kneel down at the steps and pray with me. That's not what I'm talking about. But whenever God's word is preached, whenever God's word is read, whenever we look at God's word and read it and study it, there's always some kind of response, whether it's, oh, God, yeah, that needs to alter the way I think. It's going to need to change my perspective. Or, God, I confess I'm guilty of a sin. Or, God, thank you for this promise. Or, I want to live it out. Or, I want to thank you for this command, God. I'm going to think about and I'm going to implement how I can live this out today. And that's why we have an invitation, though. It's just one opportunity to encourage us to consider that, that fact that when God speaks, we don't just sit there still and just say, oh, thank you, God, for speaking to me. We allow it to change us, and we then move forward in light of his word, in light of his truth. How many of us have accepted Jesus and we sit comfortably just knowing that we are saved and we're going to go to heaven, but we have no desire to live out what he has commanded us to do. 
And I think if, we, if some of us were honest, we would think that we are tempted with that thought regularly. To be just content with knowing that we're saved, that our sins are forgiven, but we don't prioritize living out God's word. See, 1 John chapter 2, verse 4 says, The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. You see, Jesus says we are blind to our true spiritual condition if we claim to have heard and received and accepted this word of God, yet we fail to act on it. Now, I don't want us to get this wrong. When we talk about faith and works, there is never a possibility in this world that we could ever work our way to salvation. There's never a way or opportunity for us to, to work our acceptance with God, to work it out. We are saved, we are forgiven only through Jesus Christ, his death and his resurrection. Only by his blood are we saved. But see, here's the thing that James is trying to, to drive home with us, is that if you have this sincere trust in Jesus Christ, then you will live out his word. You will be doers of what he says. See, James' words sound so familiar to the sermon that Jesus gave on the mountain. The sermon on the mountain. Look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 27. I want to end with this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Look at verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. You see, if your spiritual life is built on merely listening to the words of Jesus and not obeying them, then one day your life will eternally and ultimately end in destruction. Because with faith comes works. See, and the danger here is, again, to think of this as some legalistic formula. That, oh, okay, Pastor Steve, I'm going to make sure to follow all the laws of God and do everything, everything that God told me to, to do. And then I'll know. I'll know that I'm safe and secure. No, I pray that your hope and your salvation is firmly rooted in the word of God, that we are saved by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. There's no question about that. But the encouragement here from James is don't be deceived, brother and sister. If we think that we can just give lip service to God and that we can look at God's word or we can hear God's word today and then totally step away and forget it and do nothing, that's an indicator of our heart. That's an indicator of our faith. And that may be an indicator that today you're not living by faith in Jesus Christ, but you're living by faith in someone or something else. And if that's the case, that's where, that's the life that's going to lead to destruction. That's the life that is hopeless and helpless and is in need of a Savior. And his name is Jesus. You see, 
when you look at, at that last part, in verse 25 in James chapter 1, but the man who looks intently into the perfect law and gives freedom, that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. And the truth is, when we obey God's word, there is blessing. It doesn't mean, blessing doesn't mean we're going to get whatever we want, when we want, how we want. But see, a life lived in obedience to God is a life lived, a life, a blessed life. James tells us that there is blessing in obedience. And see, far too often we make excuses for disobedience. And I pray, and I, I encourage you, dear brother and sister, I pray that Northwest, we would continue to be a church that lives in obedience to God's word, that treasures God's word and proclaims God's word to those who are lost and need to find Jesus as their savior. And so my question to you, will you obey God? Will you obey God's word? Will you choose to ask God to show you what's that next step, God, in this journey, in my journey of obedience to you? God, show me what that next step is. Maybe it's a sin that I need to confess. Maybe it's a habit that I need to start. Maybe it's uh, I need to forgive that person that I've held on to this bitterness about. Maybe it's I need to let go of the circumstances that I'm holding on so tightly to and I need to trust you, God, because I know that you have it all worked out. Maybe it's Jesus, I'm gonna put my trust in you today as my Lord and Savior because I know that you're the only way, that you're the only truth, that you're the only life. Would you stand with me? I wanna I want invite you to pray as you stand. Heavenly Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you, God, for loving us. God, I ask for your forgiveness. I ask for your forgiveness for the ways that we have ignored you, for the ways that we've rebelled against your word. And I know, God, as long as we're alive on this earth in our brokenness, we're going to mess up. But God, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who shed his blood on the cross and rose from the dead so that we could be set free from the bondage of sin so that we can have victory over sin, victory over temptation in this life and forevermore. And we can choose to live lives that are lived according to your word, live lives of righteousness and holiness set apart for you alone. And God, I pray for my brother and sister here, I pray that you would show each one of us that next step of obedience that you would lead us to take. For some of us, it's to choose Jesus Christ, to trust in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. For others, it's to take that step in obedience, to follow Jesus in water baptism. For others of us, it's to take that step of obedience and taking advantage of that opportunity to serve someone. We're getting involved in this way or that way. Or maybe for some of us, it's letting go of our perspective and our, our twisted perspective and, and, and God conforming it to your word. God, I pray that you would help us, that you would embolden us through the power of your Holy Spirit to take that next step, whatever it may be. God, thank you for being so good to us. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, dear friend, if you made a decision today, if your decision was to put your faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you as we sing this song, as Bill leads us, that you would come and share it with me so that I could pray with you. If some of you just want to come up here and pray and talk to God about what he's leading you towards, I encourage you to do so as we stand, as we sing. If there is some decision that you've made, come, share it with me so that I can pray with you and I can encourage you. Thank you. 
you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to follow us on Spotify and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream your podcast. To listen to other sermons and watch our live gatherings, visit us online at nwcbc.org. We look forward to see the difference God will make in your life. Thank you for listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast.